Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. After hitting rock bottom, Gabriel Cordell, a newly sober paraplegic, attempts to save his gangbanger nephew's life by bringing him along on a 3,100-mile wheelchair trek across the United States. Their support crew is a band of unlikely co-conspirators from very different backgrounds, each dealing with their own issues, PTSD, homelessness, unemployment, family estrangement, and sobriety struggles. As they roll through roadsides, roadside towns across America, it becomes clear that they're not the only ones enduring tough times. What starts out as a challenge to push an unmodified wheelchair from California to New York morphs into a transcendent journey. In a divided age, Roll With Me ignites our common humanity and urges us to find our inner hero or heroine. And that is the uh, the story behind this wonderful, remarkable documentary called Roll With Me. And we're fortunate to have with us today the director, and that would be Lisa France. Lisa, welcome to Film School. Hi, how are you? Thanks for... Uh... Thanks for having me on Film School. Hi, Irvine. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> well, welcome. Yes, yeah. Um, and I, uh, I was fortunate enough uh, to uh, to see Roll with Me before its world uh, premiere. I assume it's its world premiere. I may be wrong. The, the, no, it's it's not. We um we actually played at Woodstock, and we also played at. Um, well, that's right. We played a special screening at the Virginia Film Festival. Um, they had a 30 year anniversary, and we felt really lucky to be part of their their programming because they their programming was basically towards you know having a more united front so i i think our film echoes those sentiments so we fit in pretty nicely there and then surprisingly we won the audience award i didn't even know we were up for it so that that was really yeah that's fantastic well you you here you are on on the eve of the premiere at the slam dance film festival in park city utah so uh, Mike, congratulations for you on that. This is one of the, uh, uh, I think, one of the um, higher profile um, uh, festivals. Although it may be, I'd be slightly overshadowed by its, uh, by its uh, cousin, by the one across the street, by the one across the street, <laughs> the Sundance Film Festival. But, but nonetheless, and I've, I've mentioned this on the air before, from my own personal experience last year, in many ways, I really appreciated Slamdance uh, more than Sundance on the sen- in the in the way that you're able to interact with filmmakers and really have a much more up close and personal relationship with them. And it's a it's a terrific venue and a terrific atmosphere. And they actually have become. I feel like they've become really good friends. The two festivals they mm-hmm. they do support one another. They help each other. Um, Slamdance started as a very or sorry Sundance started as a very very indie you know dirty grungy little film festival and you know it's grown into basically the the mecca of film festivals around the world so um just to be in the same place with all of these talented filmmakers is an absolute and uh, utter just reward you know it's it's incredible that we're uh that we're getting to be here and we feel very very fortunate and um blessed to be to be here yeah well congratulations on the film let's talk about that the your it's in it's described in the film how you kind of came to know gabriel cordell 
and uh, but it's brief. It's a very brief sort of uh, uh, explanation <laughs> yeah. as to what happened. But uh, nonetheless, it, there was a, whatever that was. You can describe it if you'd like. But how well, you came I, to I met Gabriel. him via an internet. You know, as we do these days, I, I got an email from the Alliance of Women Directors and. Um, Basically, uh, you know, just said guy is looking for crew pushing wheelchair across the United States. And I was just I was actually quitting this business <laughs> and uh, I was about <laughs> done. I had just gotten into nursing school and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to I'm not going to do this anymore. But, you know, I, I thought, let me just meet this guy and just see what he's got, you know, and he ended up having nothing. He had like 700 bucks. And I told him, no, actually, that I wouldn't I wouldn't do the movie. But that I would make a, a Kickstarter or Indiegogo video for him. And, you know, I said, let's just throw it against the wall and see if it sticks and see what happens. And, you know, as a result of that, um, we ended up getting some sponsorship from West Coast Chill, Connecta, which is a credit union, um, uh, my dad's company, um, Alan, uh, the spine doctor. We, we just ended up getting these little nickels and dimes from people uh, and sponsors, and they, they basically made it possible for me to get an RV and buy gas and food, and that was it. We didn't have a professional film crew. Like, the guys that came were just, they were volunteers, and they were so sweet and, you know, open and just, you know, but all from very strange and interesting walks of life. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> they all just were heart, though, and they all wanted to help. They all thought that what Gabe was doing was very inspiring and powerful, so... You know, we just slowly but surely put this band of uh, misfits together and, and got on the road. Yeah, it is quite a ragtag uh, group. Um, I think the common thread is, uh, as I described in the opening, a, a kind of dealing with some some serious challenges in either in sobriety or in kind of psychological issues that uh, that they are all well aware of. Certainly, and the yeah. fact that they're confronting them in the ways that they are, and they talk about it in the film, and that this this adventure is a way of, in I, I assume for maybe you can speak for this better than I, but it seemed like you know this is their way of all, in addition to helping out a friend and someone who obviously needs the help uh, to do this, but also kind of coming to terms uh, with their life in ways that they had not uh, considered before. I, I would, is Absolute, that, absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, and, and it's incredible how, you know, uh, you know, I, they all just saw the movie. N none of them had seen it. And so I, of course, was terrified to show it to them because it has been a while. And thank God they didn't want to kill me after seeing the film. They were very proud, and they've actually all become very um very supportive and in in fact christian link and uh chris yonke are here and my editor jeff uh is bucciletto i mispronounced his name jeff bucciletto is uh literally like one of the he's the daddy i call him the daddy he's my editor and producer uh sharon swore a producer i have my eps are here i have um you know nancy and david garrison are here jerry cattell is here i mean Georgia Fox uh, also is an executive producer. We've had a incredible so far. Everybody just shows up. Gabe's here. Um, it, it, it's incredible to have this many people in Park City because <laughs> it's you know to come with a team. It, it really helps. Yeah, and it's funny you should say that uh, because that's kind of the nature of how the film feels like it came together. They just, I mean, these people showed up. 
Yeah. And and yeah. and basically said, you know, in in varying ways, uh, I want to I want to help here. Yeah. I mean, I think did and go ahead. Did and you know, and and when people see the film, I think they'll, you know, I think the end of the film what Gabe says, it's, it's very touching and it's, uh, and it's very, you, you can just see how much it meant to him to have this team. And, um, you know, the transformative experience wasn't just his, it was, it was ours. And, um, it, you know, look, we, we are living in a time of a lot of, uh, divided situations and, you know, our film basically says, look, you think you're divided, but you're not. And we couldn't have been any more strange of a group. <laughs> I mean, you got Palestinians, you got some Jews, you got Marines, you got army guys with, you know, you get the guy with the P, the Marine vet with PTSD from Guatemala. You got mm-hmm. the, the lesbian. I mean, literally it was just pick a topic. Um, <laughs> we checked every box and it, it just, it just is amazing that one thing kept us all going. Mm-hmm. One thing, mm-hmm. and that was let's let's get there. Let's do this. Let's do our best to try and get there. And um, you know, without I don't want to give away what ends up happening, but yeah. you know, it just it's just every day was a a struggle. You know, every single day, and you know, just watching Gabe with his, you know, he was you know, 42 years old. He wasn't a kid. He was an adult with arthritis and, you know, you know, paraplegic from the chest down, couldn't feel a thing. And people don't realize that, you know, you go up a a mountain in a wheelchair, like his wheelchair, just going up and and you see me do it for just a second in the film. I almost fell backwards. So I don't know how he did what he did. I don't know how he went up all of those mountains without falling over because it, 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 is an, it requires an extreme amount of strength and balance. And balance alone, just because he can't feel anything from his chest down, is almost impossible. Hmm. So, but, you know, when we, um, when we came back, I had 4,000 hours of footage. Oh, my 10, God. 000, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. 10,000 photographs. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had to spend and I had we had no money, zero, zero dollars. And so I knew that the most important thing I had to do was cut a trailer or a promo or something to try and then do another Kickstarter. So I did a second Kickstarter and um, we from that Kickstarter, we were able to raise enough to um, to, to finish the movie. And so here we are. So mm-hmm. it and, and I got to tell you. People out there doing crowdfunding, that's a whole other interview. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's incredible how much work it is. It's so much work. Well, it's nonstop, yeah. 24 hours a day, yeah. every day, all day, yeah. with a team of eight, if you can assemble it. And it is just all full-time social media, just literally living at your computer nonstop. I have heard this from a number of filmmakers, that while it is a... It can be the difference between not getting a film done and getting it done. It's obviously an important source of revenue for uh, for someone who's just starting out in the film business and who's got a great idea and a passion. 
But I've also heard that the other thing that you just said echoes exactly what I've heard is be prepared to spend. It is another career. Yeah, just as you described it. And uh, it, it is a full time job. And yeah. before you even begin your campaign, if there's any advice I could ever give any filmmaker trying to do a crowdsourcing campaign, make sure that you have identified your niche market. Make sure you friend or become fans of pages of your niche market. Mm-hmm. Try to get as many friends as you can. Um, I think when we started our campaign, I had, I think I had 3,300 Facebook fans. Uh, and then we had like 2,500 on our Roll With Me page. I mean, and, and then you just write literally, literally writing individual emails to every single person on your Facebook list. Really? I did. I wrote to every and every single person. Oh, my God. It was. Yeah. So I ended up actually personally writing. And I also sent out from MailChimp. We, you know, do MailChimp, get all your contacts, thousands. I mean, literally thousands of emails, thousands. And then I also went through my phone book and I sent an individual text. Every single person in my contact list, and I made my whole team do it. Wow! (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're you're scaring me because uh, I'm actually in the process of trying to put together my own documentary, and uh, so what you're describing is I'm new, but I didn't know to the extent. uh, Wow! Well, that's why it worked, though. Yeah, no, that is why it works. It is that it is that personal relationship. Like, I have met some of the most amazing people through my Facebook account that I have actually now become friends with. Um, And just because of their story that they would tell me about, you know, a family member that they had with uh, some sort of disability or, you know, they're the caregiver or they themselves are in a chair Mm -hmm. or they themselves are recovering. And, uh, you know, you you and, and Gabe and I both have developed these, you know, little you know little friendships with people and you know some people just need to know that they're not the only one Mm -hmm. and we are able to share that story in roll with me roll with me is something that i think almost anybody can identify with yeah Uh, well let's let's kind of jump back into the the film itself because you've described it uh, it is this journey 3100 miles across america and the fact that Gabe has taken on this um, this challenge, this journey, when admittedly he had never, I think he said he'd, the longest, furthest he'd ever rolled was maybe a mile or two before he even, mm-hmm. he did some, one. one, was it one? And they, he'd done some training in a pool in a YMCA in Burbank, and, and I mean, obviously, it does not exactly set you up for success for uh, rolling across the country in an unmodified wheelchair. And um, that's another thing people don't understand about the chairs. You know, there are there are athletic chairs right. that people have with um, you know smaller roll bars, which are literally just about the size of a, a small plate, and they're in the center of the wheel, so that when you it's a push bar, so when you push it. It pushes the entire wheel, and it's only a little push. So you can actually, and then they, they bend the tires in, like they lean them in. They have third wheels on the front steering. There's all sorts of modifications that people put on chairs when they do something like this. Okay. But Gabe didn't want to do that. He right. wanted to push the, you know, the chair that he was issued for. Well, it's a chair. It's not like a hospital chair, 
but what it is is it's a chair that is issued to people who still are relatively active. Yeah. So you can transfer in and out of the chair yourself. Yeah. You can fold the chair up yourself. Um, it's still clunky and heavy. It's not light or anything. It's a very heavy chair. Um, and, you know, he was very insistent on using the chair that anybody else in his same condition would use. I'm sure there were times when he thought, uh, had second thoughts about that, and it comes across in the film. His, his, <laughs> yeah. yeah, his determination is really quite, again, inspiring. Um, it's sobering. It is. There's nothing about it. That you don't romanticize this in any way. His his journey. Uh, nor no. nor do you romanticize, you know, the the people around him and his crew. And I, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about sort of one of the inspirations for for Gabe's um, journey across America. That would be Chris Kowas. Am I saying that correctly? Chris Kowas. Kowas. Yeah. And uh, it's who is his nephew and who is going through some very serious, not only sobriety issues, but also in the associations he has with gangs and and very serious yeah. drug issues um yeah. who, who in many ways is the sort of the other i don't know hero is the right word but the other one of the other compelling people in the film uh, yeah sort of, certainly um how would you describe am i doing him justice i mean he's certainly he's certainly a protagonist i mean there's yeah. no i mean he, he's he's one of the leads i mean the story is as a, as we were rolling, and I literally on like day seven, I I well I knew the first day that I interviewed him that there was going to be something. Either this was going to end very quickly, or um, yeah. you know, or he was going to you know leave, or he wasn't going to be able to make it, or I just didn't know what it was going to be. I knew there was going to be a story. I just didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah. And some of the other guys on the crew were very resistant to having him come. And because he definitely presented a risk. Um, and, you know, one of the most important things I believe in documentary filmmaking is don't mess with the subject. You know, the subject wants to bring his nephew, then, okay, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And um, so I never even, I just asked him if he was sure that he wanted to do that. And he said, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, that, so anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he certainly is that he's kind of a, what I like to refer to as kind of the free radical in a, in a film, uh, you know, you're not quite sure what's going to happen. Of course, you could say that about a lot of the people in the film, but he certainly was the one who's who comes across as the one who's who is more immediately uh, more immediate challenges than probably anyone else with exposure. Oh yeah, maybe gave. he definitely yeah. definitely had a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely a lot of stuff, and he. Um, you know, he was amazing. Uh, he, he was an amazing, you know, it's, it's your kind of your standard, what you might expect up, down, up, down. Uh, we don't know which way it's going to go. And, um, yeah. you know, again, I don't want to give away no, what no. happens with him, yeah. but, um, it's just, uh, yeah. I think for people who are dealing with recovery and sobriety, I think this movie is, not in any way, shape, or form, either glamorizing it. Right. It's not. Um, it's not showing any kind of sort of like, oh, this is cake, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, you got this. Yeah. Um, and it's not just about that. It's about his family issues and why. Why did this? Why did he come apart? We get to see a little bit of that. Right. Um, 
And I think, um, you know, then we address forgiveness, which I think is an important, very important uh, topic in life in general. That's right. And, um, and it's very powerful, you know, it's a very powerful thing to do. There's a lot of powerful stuff. There uh, is. That there I is. think we that we cover. <laughs> well, well, I, and let, I just feel lucky that I got to be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me let me remind our listeners that we're speaking with Lisa France. She's the director of the film Roll with Me. Uh, the the film Roll with Me opens Monday, uh, January twenty second at uh, the uh, uh, ballroom. Well, actually, it's at the Treasure Mountain Inn um, in the ballroom uh, screening at the slam dance film festival it's at uh four o'clock and then on wednesday uh, the 24th also at four forty-five. so people are listening to the sound of this are recording and are in park city they have an opportunity to go check this out and also for the for the film itself uh the uh the website is rollwithmethemovie.com and then um we, there's also now there must be a, an organization that sort of supports. Uh, Actually, that website is is old. <laughs> okay, but we're we're changing that. That move that website will become. So Gabe, for other listeners out there um, who want to book speakers, Gabe's been doing um, some um, professional speaking engagements. So sharing his story and some clips from the film, and he books through his site. That that site has now become his sort of his booking site, okay. which is going to going to change again. But um, okay. you can always contact us through rollwithmethemovie.com because you know, everything will live there from now on. And even if I, someone needs to get a hold of him, they can get through there. But, um, yeah, that's um, that's his thing. That's always what he, he's wanted to do. And he's um, he's just started, and it's going really well for him. And I'm super proud of him. Yeah. I'm so proud of him. Good. Because, you know, it's a struggle every day to – go through what he goes through and i think that you know the more he can help and inspire people and roll for different causes he's going to roll pike's peak that's his next role oh wow um yeah next year or this year sorry this year um so you know he just wants to he just wants to help people and you know that's why i made this film yeah i made this film to help people and inspire them and um, yeah. We're going to use the film, hopefully, in any way that we can to to help different groups, to help them if they need to raise money or whatever. We're just we're, we just started this journey; it's a whole different journey, mm-hmm. but we're excited to share the film and hopefully help folks. Yeah, well, um, that's right. And this, by the way, the film, uh, the roll with me, the movie dot com is is a better site than the one I was on earlier. <laughs> Sorry, uh, and it, it really is great. And well, you had mentioned early uh, in the uh, in our conversation that you were basically one foot out the door in terms of a filmmaking career. Uh, and I, I'm hoping that this experience and the I would assume soon to be. Um, a claim that you've already re- re- you've already received some from uh, from previous film festivals, but how has this inspired you in terms of your life, maybe, and also as a filmmaker? Well, you know, my um, my fiance, she's a she's a director also, and she has been bugging me forever to finish this movie. Every day, she's been on me, and she also always she's she's also given my name, my phone number, my resume. She's been trying really hard to get me into her world which is directing well she started in low budget thrillers and now she's kind of doing christmas movies and hallmark and big romantic christmas stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know people make fun of that stuff but you know i got to be honest with you it 
it's wonderful. It's a wonderful world to have a niche, to have a life, to get to make film for a living. Mm-hmm. Is People don't realize, and, and I know that the independent world and the independent spirit is to, to have your voice, but, you know, we can do that, but we need to make a living, and we need to keep working out. And when I, what I mean by that is you need to practice your craft. Yeah. You need to be thinking about shots and lists and, you know, visions and colors and wardrobe, and you need to be working on it. You, you need to know the updated cameras. Like, cameras change by the second. You need to know about the new super speed lenses and why they're good. And you just need to know how to use all these tools. And when you're not making a film, you're not, you're not exercising. And so I am happy to say I'm directing a thriller right now. I'm actually in prep. I start shooting in a week from Tuesday. So I can't believe it. I'm actually going to go direct an independent thriller. (laughs) And uh, so I guess I've, you know, this movie did facilitate that. Um, the the producers saw my film and, and they said, yeah, come on, let's go. So I'm very excited to be working with the company I'm working with. And um, hopefully I'll do more than one. Well, that's interesting. And one of the things that's congratulations on your on this project is certainly moving forward with the next one. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious in terms of uh, your career path. I know you've done narrative before, but and then now you've done this documentary um is are, <laughs> is there more is there a kind of a, a growing recognition it seems to me there is and i'll point to errol morris's wormwood as as a great example of documentary filmmakers who are capable of making terrific narrative film and i know it's not the first you obviously errol morris wouldn't be the first person to do what he did with wormwood but um but I'd, at the same time i'm i'm just kind of curious in in the world that you're in does it feel like because documentaries have become more and more cinematic, it feels yeah. like there should be no, more? They, they that, are they, indeed, yeah. and I, yeah. I think because I actually come from a narrative background, this is my first documentary. Right, I've right. never made one before. Right. Um, what it's done for me is give me a deep and profound appreciation for the documentary process, which yeah. is just unbelievable. I, I, I literally my my hat is off. I mean people say, why is it so much harder? And I said, well, when you make a narrative piece, you get a, you know, when you go get a puzzle and it has a picture of like the Eiffel Tower and it says a thousand pieces and you just, you know, you look at the picture and you put it together. That's kind of how a narrative film is. You get a screenplay and you get to pick everything and you, you know, you know what you're working with and you know about how many pieces it's going to take and you know what it's supposed to look like when you're done because you have this blueprint. In documentary filmmaking, you get a black box with a giant question mark on the front, and it says 10 million pieces could be assembled a billion different ways. Good right. luck. Right. <laughs> right. Well, well, and absolutely, I heard, I hear uh, that that uh, there's a phrase that uh, a filmmaker just used uh, recently that uh, you you show up and and then the story gets written uh, or mm-hmm. in something along those lines, in what just what you're describing. And uh, they're also, in terms of just sort of your process as a filmmaker, it would seem to me that being able to think on your feet, being able to be adaptable, being able to take a situation and make the best of it, which is what it seems to me documentary filmmaking is more about, and that would translate in some way into a, into a, the world of narrative as well, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you you know, you see some magic happening, you go grab it. I mean, I, I, 
I feel very lucky that I was constantly sort of once I especially once Christopher came on the trip, Christopher Callis, mm-hmm. I I saw this was going to turn into something. And every time he he was very quiet, he didn't have a lot to say. And so anytime he wanted to speak or do anything, I I was on it. Mm-hmm. I uh, I would mm-hmm. grab a camera. I would grab one of the guys and say, "Hey, go get a camera. Like, let's let's go right now." And um, again, our team was not um, not even me. I I don't even really. I mean, now I do, but at the time, I was not a camera operator at all. Right, you have everybody with a camera in this film, right? Pretty much. Yeah, everybody's holding a camera. Like we're using our phones. Uh, We shot with iPhones, Galaxies. We shot with Androids. We had. Uh, I, uh, what GoPros? I had a DVX 100, two of those that were junk. I had the nicest camera I had was a Canon 60D, which is like obsolete now. And um, you know, we just had nothing. I had a little teeny tiny standard def handy cam, um, and all these things took tapes. This is this wasn't even stuff that was recording. And and it's not like these are cameras I just had sitting in my closet. I just grabbed them because it's all we had. Oh, wow. I had I only had 30 days to get ready to go on this trip. Jeez. And that, that was including raising the money on Kickstarter, or Indiegogo was our first one. Right. And so I was basically full-time fundraising. I didn't have time, and I was trying to get better equipment and crew, but nobody would do it because it was free. Like, basically, I said, I'll pay for your food, and you can sleep in the RV, and that's it. Yeah. Wow. There was no money. No one got paid. Yeah. Well, well, uh, it, you know, honestly, I mean, and it, it looked, the film looks great. The film, I mean, everything, you got a lot of, a lot of great footage, a lot of just the sort of the, the drama involved in so many different aspects of this, uh, going up hills, going around, you know, getting escorted by police on the 10 freeway. And I mean, all kinds of fun stuff. I know. A uh, lot of, a lot of action that one wouldn't have. One wouldn't necessarily expect right. a guy in a wheelchair going across America to be so exciting, but it yeah. actually was very, very exciting. Well, and it, yeah, and as we talked about at the beginning of the interview, this is also a film that, as a subtext, is how open and giving and charitable that uh, people across the country are, and uh, and as demonstrated by the many different uh, you know things that happened to him along the way, people stepping up to. Uh, congratulate him to to commiserate with him to you know to be a part of uh, of his journey as well so it's there is in addition to Gabe's uh journey it is also a uh, a travel log of the most positive kind regarding it our is. very divided country or at least as and we see it and people were beautiful yeah. people are people and and we talk about it in the film a little bit but you know the people that we met along the way, and I'm not kidding you, it was every single day, every day, even in the middle of nowhere, people would come. There were, there's a, we couldn't include all the footage or pictures. I mean, there's just literally thousands of hours of stuff that we had to leave on the ground. And I mean, at one point we were in the middle, I forget, we were, I don't know if it was New Mexico or Arizona, literally there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. You couldn't see a tree. It was just, you know, just mountain or whatever, flat fields, just dust. And this group, this family, a big family of like eight people just showed up in the middle of nowhere to take pictures with signs and (laughs) to give us water and oranges. And I mean, it was just crazy every day, every single day. 
And as you said in the film, there wasn't one single day where everything crew wise, everything was in sync. Right. So, <laughs> no. so, so that, what a, what a balance you, right. You, one, on one hand, you've got we're with this kind of, uh, this band, this merry band of, of bandits, uh, trying to put something to put on a show in a way and not doing so well. And then on the other <laughs> hand, you've got these, these people showing up to say, Hey, you're doing great. So we well, got you. We, we got, got you. Yeah. We, we literally, one day, I remember one day Gabe and I were rolling and it was like a million degrees. We were so hot and the, and the car was nowhere. Like we had, you know, this kind of follow car and, and, um, it would drive away and we'd be out of walkie range cause we were like, Oh, we're fine. <laughs> and we just suddenly were so thirsty and we did, we ran out of water or we just forgot to bring waters. I don't know what the guys didn't bring them. I don't know. And they were going to get them. We were just dying, and Gabe said I would just kill for water right now. And I'm not kidding you. Right then, a guy drove up in a van and just jumped out and gave us water. (laughs) (laughs) It it was very magical, you know. And we, you know, the same with just not getting killed. Like, think about it. We, We just the fact that we were on all these roads and cars and trucks and just, you know, well, quite often. Quite often we weren't in, wearing helmets. Yeah, well, quite often in the film, these eighteen wheelers aren't aren't more than a couple of feet away from from that uh, from the line uh, where where uh, where a game yeah. was was rolling, and uh, yeah, that's the thing that would crazy. that would freak me out. I, I just being you know sort of you, <laughs> your backs to these gigantic you know trucks that are coming at you at seventy five and eighty miles an hour, and you can't really know. You just have unfaith. Hope that they stay in their lane if they haven't dozed off somewhere along, you know, along this this long stretch of highway. And uh, sure, yeah. Well, it, it it's a real honestly, it is inspiring. Is it something? A lot of the uh, accolades will sound a little bit cliched because people say these things about films like this, but it is truly all of those things, Lisa. It's it's Thank really you. it really Thank is. You. I I. Uh, it, you, you had me at hello in this film, and uh, it's it's very well done, and and Gabe's obviously very compelling and interesting, and and the crew and everything, everything about it. So I'm I'm very happy for you as a filmmaker. I'm glad to see you're back in Thank the you. game and uh, continuing to pursue your projects. And great Thank to see you. Gabe. Hopefully he's doing well. And as you said, now he's going around as a as a speaker uh, to talk to groups and. I'm sure that'll go well, and I hope things are going well for Christopher and everyone in the film. Every we are pulling for everyone in it. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you. So and and congratulations again as well on uh, Slam Dance, and I'm sure moving forward, we'll look for the film in theaters and platforms and all the rest of it. It's called Roll with Me, a journey across America. The filmmaker, director, producer, and camera person. That would be Lisa France. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.